0: He joins us now via the WGK Law Guest Hotline. We've got Hall of Famer, Brian Young. What's going on, Brian?
1: Hey, how you doing? Not bad.
0: Not bad, man. Appreciate you making some time for us and... Uh, we were just talking about this Niners-Ravens matchup on Christmas night will really be treated to a good one. And how how pleasing is it for you to look at this Niners team, especially along that defensive line, and see that those guys are still uh, as dominant as they were back when you played?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, they got a really uh, good depth of guys that um, that is what you need you know, to make a run and, to the playoffs and do well during the season to make a run during the playoffs, you got to have depth. And uh, those guys come in with the responsibility that, Hey, the baton's in my hand and it's my responsibility to do it justice until the next guy gets in. And so that's what you want guys that can make plays. Uh, no matter if it's the first guy, second guy or third guy.
2: Hey B Y, you know, what's funny is last time we talked to you, we were talking about the hall of fame and you couldn't tell us, that you'd been uh, elected (laughs) at that time, which was cool. And then the other thing cool, you texted me yesterday, your son Bryce Young committed to Notre Dame. What's he going to play, B-Y?
1: Yeah, so he's a defensive end. We're super excited for Bryce. You know, he's worked extremely hard. And, uh, you know, just going through the whole recruiting process, you know, Notre Dame had to make sense for him. Um, You know, Michigan and USC were, were close seconds. But, uh, you know, when you're there, it just, you know, it felt right for him. And so he had to come to that conclusion. But we're extremely happy for him. Uh, I think he's, you know, with his work ethic and knowing that he's, you know, still has a lot of work to do ahead of him development-wise. I think it's just a great fit for him. So I'm really excited for him. Uh, I think he's going to do an excellent job while he's there.
2: Hey, B.Y., what um- – what is the difference in the stadium now cuz I've never been to the the new stadium in Santa Clara compared to like Candlestick and what's the environment going to be like compared to like because I mean to me there was no better environment than like when we would play the Cowboys and stuff is that the type of environment Talk, tell me about what the stadium's like and then what the environment's going to be like uh Christmas night
1: You know it's it's a very unique venue um Levi's Stadium is is an excellent venue. Of course, you know you look in the past. You know, Candlestick was was a, was a great one, uh, built differently. But I think just where we are now, you know, Levi's Stadium is a great venue. It's it's loud in there. Uh, the fans are, you know, they're they're fanatical. They're exciting. Uh, they're into it. Um, and when they get going, it's hard to play there. Um, it's just a good. There's not a bad seat in the house. And it's just uh, the turf is great. Of course. You don't have to deal with the high tide either, yeah. uh, as you know about that back in the day. Long cleats. <laughs> Long cleats, yeah, exactly, especially at night. But it's just a great place, um, you know, to be and watch a game. And never having been on the field and experiencing that as a player, I'm sure it's, you know, exciting for the players.
0: We're talking to Hall of Famer Brian Young. He joins us via the WGK Law guest hotline is Vinny and Haney, on 105.7, the fan. And Brian, speaking of the Hall of Fame, how, you, you know, you look back at your career, you were able to be one of the more dominant players at your position. You've won the Super Bowls, you reached the Hall of Fame. That's kind of checking all the boxes that I would think a player has coming into the league. What is it like when you look back over your career and can pretty much almost say you, you did everything you wanted to do?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's funny when you're into it, you just, you know, for me, I'm just you don't you you have thoughts and dreams but you don't just get a really fixed on uh, the future without just relishing what's important at that current time and you just you know when you when you look at all the fun that you had the hard work that that you put into it and the focus and the discipline that it took you know you just you you don't realize how much that was set up your future um it's been quite a journey and uh and I can tell you that it, it wouldn't have happened without great teammates doing their job to allow me to do the things that I've, I've been able to do over the course of my career. And, uh, you know, to be able to be enshrined and be in the Hall of Fame, I'm still pinching myself. It still feels a little surreal at times, but but uh, certainly it's, it's it's been a lot of hard work and sacrifice and great people and teammates, coaches and administrators over the years that made it happen for me.
2: I still got my black t-shirt that you gave me and then the the black hat too with B.Y. on it.
1: Yeah, Vinny. <laughs> hey, B.Y., let me yeah.
2: ask you this. How much does like uh, Kyle remind you of Mike Shanahan and does McCaffrey remind you of Ricky Water? And Ricky's coming on at 1245. Does McCaffrey kind of remind you of Ricky too?
1: Yeah, you know, the, uh, first Kyle, I was like, Kyle is such a savant, smart guy. I mean, just, just super. I, I think he's taken, like he has that, that dad um, touch to him, but he's taken this office to a whole nother level. And um, just just how he game plans and calls it during the course of, you know, a game and then watching how he develops and, and even exploits certain guys and, and look at the the matchups and taking advantage of those. You know, just really get to great to see him uh, how he calls the plays, and, and his offenses are always exciting to watch. Um, I, I think he's better than his dad, and of course, you know, having dad there to kind of be a you know a, an advice giver mm-hmm. and uh, um, help him along the way. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a great situation to be in. Now um, what about but McCaffrey not, and Ricky, yeah. So McCaffrey, you know, Ricky. Ricky was a unique back, you know, uh, very versatile. He could run between the tackles. He could run outside zone. Um, and then he was just a, an asset coming out of backfield as a pass catcher. And when you look at that, that, this type of uh, offense, a West Coast offense, you need a back like that. Ricky was the, the perfect back for that that offense, and he made it work. He was the glue to that offense. And you look at a guy like McCaffrey, he, he's done doing the same things deadly out of the backfield, deadly on his, on his feet between the tackles, outside zone, and uh, he's just a great um, asset and, and a great player, uh, plays extremely hard, he's fast, and um, boy, he's just an electric player.
2: Hey, B.Y., think back to you, you, probably, you like, uh, I guess Michael Vick would be the closest comparison to Lamar. How difficult it is for a defensive lineman rushing the pad. Talk to us about what you got to do differently to rush a quarterback like
1: that. Yeah, you got to be really disciplined. on the You got to push the pocket. It's important to really get those two inside guys to push the pocket. When I mean, you got a good inside push, um, and you're not allowing, you know, the and then the edge, edge guys being critically important that they don't lose contain and get high, and and pass the depth of the quarterback. You got to be equally um, able to push the pocket in the middle and make sure that we keep the edges and you squeeze them. And then there, we call it a two play mentality. When you get a guy that that's you know, can pass the ball and is deadly on his feet and can scramble. Um, when that starts to happen, he's extending the play not only to, to run the ball, but also potentially pass the ball down the field. When that starts to happen, we say that's a two-play mentality play. Like the second play happens within the play when he starts to scramble. So just knowing that you have a quarterback who's deadly on his feet and can get the ball down the down the field with his arm, you just got to be mindful when he starts to scramble. That's when the second play happens within that play. Uh, but I think if those those guys do a good job up up front, just squeezing the pocket and not giving real wide open lanes, allow him to to run everywhere. I think they're going to be fine.
0: Brian, it's funny you mentioned the two play because that's kind of what offensive coordinator Todd Monken talked about yesterday when he talked about the difficulties and. In- Guarding Lamar when he starts extending plays. He called him probably the best to play quarterback in the NFL. I want to ask about another player on the Ravens, Justin Matabike, who plays same position you did playing defensive tackle. You went over double digit sacks in your career twice. Justin Matabike, he has 12 this year. Just talk about the difficulties to for an interior pass rusher to come out of a season with double digit sacks.
1: It's just extremely hard. You know, anytime, <clears throat> you know, you, it's the, the, and also depend on which side you're playing. up. you know, I play mostly on the left side, and so anytime I rush on a quarterback, you know, right-handed quarterback, he's going to always see me and, and hitch up in the pocket. And then we get a guy a chance to rush on the right side. You're, you're rushing from the blind side, so you have more opportunities to maybe you know sack the quarterback because he's not able to see you and hitch up in the pocket. But anytime you're able to you disrupt them in the middle, you know, affecting the quarterback, whether you're getting the sacks, getting them off the spot, making them uh, hurry on his throws, uh, that's effective. You need that, and th- those double-digit years are hard to come by. And w- when you have success, you know, you have to make sure that you enjoy those times because uh, sometimes there're going to be some lean years. Not to say that you're not effective, but uh, but just knowing that you know sacks in the middle and able to get double-digit sacks at some point, it's extremely hard to do.
2: Hey, B.Y., the Ravens lead the league in sacks right now. And, you know, a lot of the credit has been given to Chuck Smith. And and you probably go way back with Chuck Smith. Talk to us a little bit about Chuck Smith, because this is his first year at the Ravens, and he's been doing a phenomenal job with the pass rushers.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Chuck's, Chuck's been off on his own uh, developing rushers in the all season. And uh, what a great asset to have a guy like that, 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 that really didn't have a lot of, lot of sacks in his career, but he he affected the quarterback, but he's a guy that knows how to teach the pass rush and, um, and attack the quarterback in different ways. And so having a guy like Chuck, I mean, I, I think he's been a huge difference maker when they do get those opportunities, whether it's second and long, first and long or third and long, uh, he's been effective in terms of teaching them and, uh, doing different things to get to the quarterback to win. And so um I got a lot of respect for Chuck. Uh, just love what he's been able to do outside the game and then what he's doing now as well.
0: Brian, really appreciate you making some time for us today, man. Congratulations on a great career entering the Hall of Fame and your son uh committing as well. Happy holidays to you and your family.
1: Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Merry Have a good Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas, to you. B.Y. You and yeah, the family. Merry fam. Christmas, yep. man.